The Gun Experiment proudly presents Chopping It Up. And here are your hosts, Mike and Big Keith. All right. What's up, buddy? We're off to the races. So what'd you pour me tonight? I didn't even take a sip yet. Crown Royal. Oh, okay. Well, you like easy it? street? Yep. So I didn't tell you this. Okay. But as much as I hate the new ammo and gun laws and New York State, you know, uh, ammo background checks. For those of you that don't know, we now have to run our background checks, not through the federal government, like everybody else. Well, it goes through the NICS system. It just, you have to go through the state police first. Middleman first, where they charge you a fee because, hey, New York's got to get their money. Yep. So I, uh, and, you know, they're, they now want the lot number and all this other great stuff on top of that, Uh, quantity, caliber, all that good stuff. I went and did it on the first day. Uh, just because I wanted to see what the process was like, okay. and I wanted to see if I got delayed for ammo. Okay, because it just it, you just bought a box. I bought a case of uh, from sh- for some FUD ammo for some okay. shooting some busting some clays. Okay, I really wanted to get delayed. I really thought I was going to get delayed. I, long story short, I did get instantly approved, and I was able to leave with my ammo. I did have to pay two fifty for it. So they two dollars and fifty cents for the ammo background check. Doesn't matter how much you buy. Nope. At this point in time, it does not. Okay. They do keep track of how much though? Well, it goes to them. It's on a form. So they had to, you know, the F, the dealer I went to had to put down 12 gauge, 12 box, 10 boxes, right? Flat, you know, had to, had to put in what I bought. Okay. So they have that. So okay. now they know I bought it. They did ask me for an alias. Do I, am I known as any aliases? I, I took the liberty of putting down Tish Captain James. Jack Sparrow. No, I put, I, I put Tish. <laughs> Did you really? I put Tish James. That's awesome. <laughs> Good, let her get flagged. Well, now I'm like, and I, after I did it, I was like, oh man, now Tish is always going to be associated with my name. Like, <laughs> what an idiot. That's I probably have to do it all the time now. <laughs> Can't ever go back from that. They're going to be like, Tish, why does it say that you bought a thousand rounds of... Tish, yo, Tish. <laughs> All right, let's get this thing going. I want to remind everyone that we release new content every Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And when it comes to buying ammunition like Keith just did, you don't need to do what he did. You need to look for a product that is accurate, reliable, and if possible, reasonable in price. And New Republic Ammunition from Target Sports USA checks all three of those boxes and comes in six popular calibers. Be sure to sign up for their Ammo Plus membership at targetsportsusa.com, which gets you 8% off all ammo purchases and makes you eligible for their truck giveaway on October 14th. And today... Drum roll, please. Broom, today <laughs> is Ammo Plus Day. So make sure you go to targetsportsusa.com for the biggest sale day of this entire lead up. I have to say... Up there, to this, this week, man. There were some good deals... I tried to highlight someone on our Instagram. I hope some of you took advantage. Um, I actually ordered their um, Blackhawk, their wheeling duffel bag, and I can't wait to get that thing in. But I mean, that thing was like a four hundred dollar bag, and they were selling it to Ammo Plus members for like one hundred fifteen dollars. Yeah. So wheels and all. But that's that. Go. But today's the big day. So go check it out. Go and get yours and. Make sure you sign up for uh, Ammo Plus because it will. You're still eligible for the drawing on October 14th for the free truck. So make sure you do that. Uh, the truck, by the way, Keith. I had said I didn't know about the blue. I yeah. do like it. Oh yeah, I, I yeah. looked. It's, it's a, it's a nice blue. Yeah, yeah, really nice blue. 
Uh, just, like we said, we just got to figure out how to take that thing for a test drive on the 14th. We're just going to just gonna take it. I'm telling you, the keys are going to be yeah, in it. We're just yeah. going to get in and go. I mean, you shot a rocket launcher last time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, obviously, guys, if you're listening to the show, I'm hoping you're fans and you've already subscribed. But if you have not, make sure you do subscribe. Then if you're listening on Apple, leave us a five-star review and a comment. And if you're listening on Spotify, leave us a comment. Or right now, you can participate in our poll, which is, should school staff be allowed to be armed with proper training? Uh, there have been more uh, people coming in and chiming in on this. We are currently up to 83.3% saying yes, which is up from 75%, and still at 0% saying no, and 16.6% are not sure, and that's down from 25%. There is still... 10 days left to vote on this. That was a lot of percentages. There was a lot of percentages. Basically, more people think that that school staff should be allowed to be armed. How about that? Okay, that sounds good. I, I always ask you guys to leave feedback and comments, and someone did comment. I apologize. I don't have your actual, uh, the name you used, but they commented that on one of the episodes they listened to, someone was clicking something like, uh, sound like a knife, like a folding knife. Yes, that was uh, actually the guest, and he was speaking, and while he was speaking, he was playing probably with like a, like a flicking knife, and if I cut out the knife flicking noise, it would have cut out the actual interview. I don't. What, who? I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But, hmm. but anyway, uh, I I would have I, cut I, out. I like the, to click my pen every once in well, a while. Don't so. do that. This, this person doesn't, doesn't want, like clicking. Wasn't want to be irritated. Sorry. And I don't either. So don't click it. All right. Well, you know, <laughs> get bored over here sometimes. Well, then maybe you should do something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> All right, so we're going to introduce tonight's guest co-host, but before we do, I want to talk about Four Patriots. They sell survival food that's sure to meet your family's needs. Whether you're looking for a 72-hour kit or enough food to last you for an entire year, they've got you covered. On top of all of that, they sell water filtration, solar generators, and so much more. If you're looking to get to be more prepared, for Four Patriots will put you and your family in the best position possible when the worst scenario strikes. They have offered our listeners 10% off with the discount code GUNEXPERIMENT10, so go check them out at fourpatriots.com. Keith, what do you got? I was just gonna say I'm I'm really I'm I'm very close to pulling the trigger on getting like a big boy year supply. No, like oh, a year supply. Are you really? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, just everything going on. I just feel like it's time. Like yeah. I gotta get more. I don't have enough. I like it. Well, so guess what? Four Patriots. Gun experiment 10. <laughs> get 10% off. That's the plan. <laughs> All right, so tonight's guest co-host came on the show a few months back, and we had a great conversation with him, and he's back with us to chop it up, so please welcome back the Tactical Cowboy, Devin Soto, and I'm hoping that this works today. Look at that, the reset of the board. Devin, how are we doing? I'm good, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good, Dude. man. I'm just glad when I hit the unmute button, it unmuted, because we've been having so much problems with the board, but I did a master reset, and... Uh, <laughs> you- Plug, unplug it and plug it back in. Yeah, exactly. I, I did what the tech guys <laughs> tell me to do. So anyway, Devin, how you been? Oh, I've been great, gentlemen. We got the gym going. I know last time we talked, it was kind of in the process of starting. Yes. So we're two weeks into having the gym, and it has been fantastic. We are, we've got guys that are, a few guys training for SFAS and Ranger Selection, and then we also got all the way up to 50-year-old women who are just coming off the couch and making massive strides in their fitness in just two weeks. So it's been an honor. That's amazing. So now this is called Performance and Recovery Group. That's the name of, of your training, right? Yes, sir. So we've got Performance and Recovery Group here in Provo, Utah, inside of Fieldcraft Survival Headquarters. That's so, awesome. Yeah, man. We've got an awesome 3,000-square-foot gym. We're getting after it every day. That's cool, man. I saw I've been following you on Instagram and I saw when you first got your delivery of equipment and like, man, you did not spare. 
any expense. I mean, you have all like rogue fitness stuff and like awesome racks and boxes and everything. And I mean, you definitely put together a really nice setup there. Uh, so people that are uh, out there in Utah, they should definitely check it out because it is a really, really nice gym. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we went all out, boys. We went all out. Yeah, as a guy who likes to you know go to the gym and, and, and try to get you know myself in shape, I really appreciate when there's like good quality equipment. So, uh, you know, it's cool that you really, you know, you really went for the best. How's the actual tactical training stuff going? Oh, the tactical training is going awesome. We're doing about three to five private sessions a week, which is our bread and butter, the private sessions, because then we can truly make massive strides with people. But our group classes, as I told you guys last time, we keep them real small, eight people. And yeah, man, I mean, everything we've got in the calendar is selling out. And then we're doing more classes and going to different states. So that's been a fantastic venture, too. It's been a good time. Any plans on working your way out east? Yeah, we will be for sure. I've had people reach out to me. It's just we haven't solidified anything. But if you guys would want to do that, like if you guys have a group, we travel. We just did a private event out in California cool. this past week. So, I mean, we go all over the place. How many people do you need for a class? Uh, I mean, this private event in California was only four guys. So, oh wow, oh, wow. that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, I mean, we do it all. We do. I mean, this uh, in two weekends, we've got a sixty-person event with some county sheriff's departments that we're going to be working with. So that's like a, star, a stock. The opposite of that. <laughs> that's a custom event them just like that custom event was for the four guys out west so i mean yeah we just tailor it to exactly what you guys want it's it's a blast do you have like uh, a minimum dollar amount that you need like if it doesn't matter for how many people like for you to come yeah so that really ends up working into how much it's going to cost us to get out there sure, right so sure. travel and all those kind of things yep. those end up being a factor of but course. here in utah I mean, everybody's local, so that's pretty chill. Yeah. But no, there's not a certain dollar amount we're looking for. It really just comes down to what do you guys want to do? What do we got to bring? Who do we got to send out there to make sure it's the best experience possible? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That's cool. So, you know, we talked a lot about your training catalog and what you do and, and you know, your uh, measure twice, cut once philosophy back when we had you on the show. Um, are you guys looking at bringing any other types of training, like in, in terms of like uh, new classes to your catalog or you're sticking with what you got so far? Yeah. So I remember we talked about that last time, how we had our, our core curriculum that we were sticking to, to make sure we did that as solid as possible. Mm -hmm. But we actually are starting something new. It's funny you bring that up. So we're starting some workshop classes. So you know how I told you last time, our group classes, we have eight people in them and then we grade everything and it's very in-depth, right? You guys kind of remember that kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So those are usually six to eight hours long, but you know, not everybody can do a six to eight hour event. Sometimes they're even multiple day events. Right. So yep. That can be difficult for people's schedules. Yep. So one thing we've got the manpower and the ability to do it. We're starting these workshop classes. So those are three hours long. And they're a little bit different than the group classes. Where in the group classes, we grade all the drills you do to end up giving you the score at the end of the day. The workshops are going to be fun where you're still going to get taught. The first one we're doing is from the concealed pistol. So, you know, we're going to talk about the concealed draw, all these kind of things. Yep. But it's more so tons and tons and tons of repetition for the participant. And in our regular courses, we do tons of repetition. So this is going to be 
Like we've got these guys coming for a three hour workshop and they are going to do or go through 400 rounds of pistol ammunition. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we train with our local guys here on say firearms training and uh, we've, we have done like a, like an eight hour day with them, but we do more of their, um, it's kind of similar concept. They're like, they call it skill builders and they're three hour courses and it's a lower round count. And I really like them because truthfully they're, they're less expensive. It's a lower round count. So less money on ammo. And really sometimes yeah. like an eight hour day, it's, it can be so exhausting that sometimes by the end of it, I'm like, I'm just tired and like, I'm starting to like zone out a little bit, but like three hours, I can really kind of stay honed in and focused. So, you know, I, I really like those kind of those three hour, like mini classes that, that guys like you do. And I think I mean, it's a good idea. I mean, think about it. You do 10, three hour courses a year. That's 30 hours worth of training. Yes. Yeah pretty good yeah. you know it's more than your local pd <laughs> that's a good related look at that by a lot <laughs> so yeah yeah i think they're going to be extremely successful like we just set up our first one it's on october 1st uh-huh. it sold out in two days the nice part about this workshops as well is we're still keeping that one to two student to mentor ratio so we've got yeah yep myself and two of our other mentors and we're only having six participants per workshop gotcha so the workshops are still going to be a nice intimate setting where you get tons of hands-on mentorship, but mm-hmm. it's going to be fast and furious. You're getting, sending rounds down range, working out the kinks as we go versus the course still do tons of reps and all that kind of stuff. But it's very, very deliberate where the mm-hmm. workshops are literally going to be a workshop. You show up, we give you the drills, the tips and tricks, and then we get after it. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah. And I think this is a great way, like dare, I, I don't, I know nobody is calling it this per se, but it's kind of like a subscription service, right? Like it's like, you know, it's, it's bite size pricing and consumable in time. Like we're talking about. Yeah. So it's, it's something that you can, you know, you could get a group of people that want to do it every week. Right. I mean, I know that, I know, you know, OFT, exactly. they got the same guys there every week. Sometimes yeah. like they go week yeah. after week after week. So if, if anyone out there has never done these sort of shorter uh, like skill builder type classes, look for them, look for them in your area. It's really good. It, it is, uh, like Keith said, a lot of the guys, they are like repeat customers because it's something, it's something that you, yeah. And girls, it's something that you could, um, you could budget and say, I'm going to do one, you know, every week, or I'm going to do every two weeks or even once a month, but it's something that's manageable and everybody can really kind of work it into their schedule. It's not, uh, is difficult for someone who maybe has a family. Has yeah, I mean the, the the expensive part is the ammo. Yeah, right? you know the two hundred rounds of ammo. Yeah, you know that can get a little. So crazy. it's funny. Before we got on, we were talking about uh, just different gun laws and and different you know types of requirements to get your pistol permit and things like that. And I was saying how I just had to renew my Utah pistol permit, and they require you to do like a little safety video that you have to watch. And it got me thinking it's about making me looking. I want to look at mine. Got got me thinking <laughs> about how uh, you're out in Utah and it's so much freer out there. And I'm thinking, you know, it's so bad in New York, Devin, and I, and you can't relate. So try to just suspend reality for yourself for a minute. Uh, it, it, just it, just try to imagine your worst nightmares. Yes, and you'll be in New York. <laughs> and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, like, man, I don't feel comfortable sometimes going places where I'm not, you know, uh, permitted to carry. And I'm like, sometimes I'm just like, if I needed to to really keep myself safe, like how could I sneak in? Do, do you ever, yeah, you think about how you could sneak in? Like how could I sneak if I had to? Now I'm not saying, Tish, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm not saying I would do this. I'm just saying my mind goes through these exercises of like, how would someone sneak in a gun? Well, that's a, 
a, a perfect segue into our first story for tonight. So this woman snuck a gun, supposedly, possibly snuck a gun into a baseball game. Well, 100% snuck a gun. It's well, how she snuck she, the gun. <laughs> she cl- her lawyer claims that she did not. Her Herself and another woman were shot. And the woman who they suspect brought the gun in had set off a metal detector three times and they searched her, they searched her bag and they patted her down. And they, I didn't know she set off a metal yeah, detector. three times. Okay. And they could not find a gun. So I, at some point they were like, okay, like we don't, there's nothing, there's no weapon. They let her in and a, wow. gun, a gun goes off and she herself and another woman got shot. I don't believe that they're going to, they were, you know, they, they didn't die. They they no. weren't permanently injured yeah. and they're, they're going to be fine. But they believe that she may have snuck this in under her belly fat. <laughs> yeah. So I've got some insight on this actually. Oh, All right. Please. I, I love it. Go we ahead, need Kevin. it. Yeah. So, um, one of our mentors, he's a, he's a paramedic okay. in that city and yeah, that's exactly what happened. So that, he hit wow. it underneath of her belly fat. So the FUPA, if you don't know, if you don't know, what the, if y'all don't know what the FUPA is, you need to look it up. I mean, you should know. But this was at this was Chicago. This was at a White Sox game. Um, yeah. So, and then I'm still trying to figure out, like, okay, she got it in, but how did it? How did she get an ND? I mean, fat. Listen, you you know the rules, man. You have to have a holster that securely covers the trigger. I mean, the fat roll doesn't cover a trigger. Well, nearly I properly. mean, that's a pretty pointy. That's a pretty pointy fat roll if it's pulling a trigger. I'm just saying it was not Kydex. <laughs> so you know when i saw this devin i i immediately thought that she could use some performance and recovery group <laughs> yeah yeah she could she could it's one of those things where um we actually talked about this on a little video thing we did the other day for tactical cowboy uh-huh. it's what's the easiest way to set yourself apart in 2023 in regards to your peers you know people have been asking us that yeah. young people yeah right and it's simply be physically fit because if you look around you in public, it is very rare to see somebody who is fit. And then for these young people, especially when they meet an employer or they meet who knows what, right? Yep. And they see that physical stature that they have, they're like, wow, this person has some sort of level of discipline to them. Right. Maybe I should consider them over somebody who clearly does not by the eye, yeah. right? I get up at about five in the morning, I go and I lift. And last night in particular, I lifted in the morning and then I had jujitsu scheduled on my calendar to go at night. And it's a pretty, pretty rigorous class. And my wife was like, just, you look so tired, you know, like you've been on your feet all day. You worked out early in the morning. Like, why don't you just take a day off? And I was like, that's the problem. And, I, and I'm guilt, as guilty as the next person. Like I, I'll find an excuse not to go. You know, and so I said, I gotta go. I gotta go. And I went to, to class and it was kind of a lax class and I got a few rolls in and I did not work as hard as I should have, but I got there and I worked, right? And so my point of all that, Devin, to your to your point, sometimes it's just showing up. You know, you might have a dog day, but if you show up, at least you showed the fuck up. Exactly. So one thing that's nice about our gym is yeah, we teach the people how to be fit and then we coach them, but we also add in um, a lot of, I guess you could say, motivational discussions at the beginning and the end of every session, especially at the end. And we really utilize this thing we call SMBTs, small momentum building tasks. And we tell everybody, like, listen, you just overcame an obstacle. Like, we know halfway through that workout, 
you didn't want to keep going, right? Right. But you pushed through and now you've overcome a challenge, all these other challenges. Now you've got that momentum. So you could be like, yes, I won this morning. I finished my workout. Now I have to go when maybe you go to the morning workouts and you go to work and you're dealing with the stressors of work and whatever job you might have. And Hey, but you already got that confidence that you built the momentum. So you crush that. And then it just seems to snowball with people. Yeah. Those momentum building tasks and getting those victories. Yeah. But unfortunately the downside of all of that, that you just talked about is that you would not be able to uh, carry a gun into a white Sox game. Yeah. You, you, you would not, you would, nah, lose, no. you would lose the ability to FUPA a, uh, a gun into a white Sox game. That's true. Does your gym have That's a bathroom by chance? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, we got multiple. Why? So anyone, if, if anyone's listening to the show, uh, in, in the last couple of weeks, we we had brought up uh, mother of a ten year old boy uh, who was arrested. Ten year old boy was arrested for uh, public urination while she was visiting her attorney. And there's a little bit of an update. She is now uh, retained a counsel and is um, is suing the uh, police department in Mississippi where this uh, happened. And, um, well, I, I let me back that up a little bit. Her attorney has given the police department two weeks to do the right thing before they file a lawsuit. Right, correct. So, so um, now the picture in the article when we originally saw it, the, the child, the 10-year-old boy, was in the back of a police car, not, not handcuffed. Right. However, when he got to the police station, supposedly, allegedly, they put him in a cell for 45 minutes to an hour. She said cage. She said cage. Cell is what, what it's really called, I suppose. I'm not saying she's wrong for calling nope. it a cage. I'm nope. just, I'm calling it a cell. Yep. Regardless of whether you call it a cell or a cage, it doesn't seem like a 10-year-old boy urinating in public belongs no. in a cage or I a cell. I fully support the mother and the child on this situation. Um, Devin, have you heard of this story before, before we sent it to you? I had not. And then I saw it when we were, you know, going to talk about it a little bit. Uh, it's a, it's just silly. It's really <laughs> silly. And I really think this police department went a little too far and um, I sh a lot too far. And one of the five police officers in question are, is no longer with the department. He's already gone. Yes. So I don't know which one of the five that particularly is. Um, another one of the five really didn't want to even it to even get to this point. And then other officers arrived on scene and, and kind of, I don't know, overruled this guy or whatever yeah. the case may be. Keith and I are both dads and Devin, you're, you are a dad and officially you're a dad. And I look at the picture of this kid and like, I have to tell you, like my heart breaks. Cause like, I picture like if this was my kid, like it's just unacceptable uh, every which way to my Sunday. kid had football practice today. He went to the side, the side of the wood line at practice and took a yeah. My pee. kid, my my kid constantly is asking if he could pee like in random outdoor places. <laughs> it's I'm like, fun. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's the one, it's the one, one clear cut advantage men have over women. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the thing that the only thing that kind of, and I'm not saying the mother is 100 percent right in this case. I I don't I think she's right to want the officers. Um, Held accountable. Held accountable. Thank you, Keith. But I don't particularly like when people go after money for these situations. That, I, that, I, does, that does sort of like bug me a bit. Because, yeah, rubs you the wrong way. Because what is the money going to do? Like, well, like, does the, the interesting therapy, thing here like, is I, the interesting thing here is he, they're saying we don't want money. We want 
the police held the the police officers held right. accountable. And if you do that, we won't file suit. So is the money just kind of like you don't do the right thing? That's basically to make to try to hold them accountable, right? That's I, what it is. That's the way the article is written. You know, maybe they're hoping. I don't know. Maybe you know. I, yeah. I, I don't want to surmise here, but yeah. you know, maybe they're hoping they don't do the hold the police officers accountable. No, I don't want to think that. I mean, um, I just, I just whenever money gets involved, it makes things murky for me. Yeah. But ultimately, I do agree that they went way overboard. I mean, the chief of police said this was. This was a lack of judgment. You know, this was this was not a good example to do this, you know? Right. Well, listen, when you consider the fact that the friggin' governor of New Mexico <laughs> recently suspended all, basically all gun rights. Tried. Well, did, did concealed carry and open carry gun rights and violated her oath of office to uphold the Constitution. And she's not in jail, right? So like it's that true. that irritates the shit out of me because- you know, yeah, okay, fine. The kid like took a leak in, in, in next to a car, right? And they they cuff him. But our politicians, we don't hold them accountable for friggin' shit. That's a very good point. You know what I'm saying? And so I actually do want to talk about that situation. And at, at, at this given point, and Keith, you said she tried. The only, today, I think it was. The, yeah, the only reason she didn't is, you know, this is going to air, but a few days prior to, to today's airing, uh, there was a temporary uh, restraining, order. restraining order on on her her wishes, but I you know I tweeted about this. I put this on our social media. I was livid about this. Even David Hogg was a hoger, whatever his name yeah. is, was a little. Uh, what do you think about this whole situation, Devin? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty ridiculous. I know people in New Mexico that you know I've kind of chatted with a little bit about it because I try to stay up on the you know Second Amendment type stuff because that's a big part of our base yep. and <clears throat> pretty much everybody I've talked to is not paying much attention to it whatsoever. Yeah. I've heard that. And also, also from what I understand, every or almost every politician and sheriff, including um, Democrat ones, apparently they are all like, yeah, this isn't cool. Yeah. So, no, you bring up a great point. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing. I, yeah, I've heard many Democrats chastise her um as keith said dave do you know you know who david hogg is the advocate yes. the gun control advocate i mean when that guy is coming out and saying i said on twitter i said it when when david hogg is telling you you've overstepped your 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 gun <laughs> control you, you may want to rethink your life choices you know <laughs> and you know i hate giving him credit for it i, I mean I, listen i'm telling you he's a he's a gun guy Listen, I, I saw those Closet. pictures. I invited him. him on the show, by the way. He didn't respond. I, but. I, I saw that guy shooting pictures of shooting Bustin' Clays, and he was enjoying himself. Who doesn't like shooting guns? Well, especially Bustin' Clays. Ah, like. Fuck that shit. <laughs> um, I, so I, I went on a rant when this first broke, this story. And, and I'm going to go on a rant right now because yeah. it really chaps my ass that you are hired, and I say hired, you're elected, to do a job. And when this all came from, I believe he was an 11-year-old boy who got shot, and there was gun violence amongst youth, and New Mexico is having problems. Okay, you were hired to fix problems. And if the only way you can fix a problem is to take away the rights of innocent people, then you are not good at your job. You need to find another job. It It is not okay to take 
the easy way out on this. I get it. I understand that violence is not acceptable. And I understand that if you are the leader of a state, you have a job to do to keep people safe, but you do not do that by suspending the rights, the constitutional rights of people who did not commit crimes. My, my, I have two issues. Number one, the, some of the examples of why in the articles that I have read of why she decided to do this, that were given of shooting, uh, of gun violence that had happened where people had been shot. The examples that were given, there was only one that was given in an open public area. The other ones that were given were in private residences where this wouldn't have, affected wouldn't have even affected that, right. number one. Number two, whenever pro-Second Amendment people say these type of laws don't work for non-law-abiding people, everybody always raises issue with that. Why? Why do people raise issue with that? I don't understand how you think that the people who committed these gun f- crimes are going to listen to you and not open carry, not even conceal open carry, carry, conceal carry. New Mexico is an open carry state, but they're talking about not being able to conceal carry, right? How people who want to break the law intend to use a firearm for violence, intend to use a, vi- a firearm for evil doing. What in the world would this law make them not do it? I don't the, understand. I will make you understand. And and I'm sorry because <laughs> this bitch is a fucking tyrant, right? Like, let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. That is tyrannical. When you just flat out say, I have the power or I think I have the power to just magically- Tell people not t- to do this? this? That, is what, that is the fucking definition of a tyrant. It's not acceptable. It is on it. I mean, again, I hate to say it, but David Hogg and I agree on this. Like that is not acceptable. Everyone has pretty much said it. And to go a step further, and Devin, I'm going to bring you into this for a second. You took an oath to defend this country, right? At the high and and you and you performed at the highest level at your, of of your job. And thank you for that, by the way. I just find it so frustrating because your job as a politician is not to just. <laughs> take away people's rights. That's not, that's not what you're elected to do. And not that that's not that taking away rights is ever okay, but don't take away a right that doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't make any sense. This isn't going to fix the problem. She flat out said, I I know this is a problem. She flat out said, I can take any right that I need to during a emergency, including the first amendment. She even said, Get out. I mean, that's ridiculous. Really? That yes, that is ridiculous. Wow. Well, I hope, is it new Mexicans? Would that be the proper? Sure. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's offensive. Well, well, what are the people in from New Mexico called? Well, we're New Yorkers. Are they in New Mexico? They're not New Mexicans. New Mexicans. I think they're New Mexicans. <laughs> New Mexicans. Right? I so Mexicans. I would think they're New Mexicans. Yeah, they got to be New Mexicans. They got to yeah, be New, New Mexicans. Mexicans. All, right. Right. All three of us are agreeing they're New Mexicans. New Mexicans. Well, New Mexicans better fucking fix this problem because they created it. <laughs> and I hope, you know, when it's time that they I, fix the problem because I, this is just out of control. I agree. Devin, is there anything you want to add before we move on about this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would just add... <laughs> I would just add that, yes, it's it's all ridiculous and all that, and we all know it, you know? But one of the best things I think people say nowadays, or, you know, it's on, like, shirts and stuff, is become ungovernable, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. 
So I'm not saying, you know, F the government and we're going to overthrow it or all this crazy stuff. Right. What I'm saying is square yourself away so much, you know, with your family. That could also mean finances for your family. Of course. But, you know, all your, your Second Amendment stuff, you're squared away with your firearms. You're squared away with your fitness. You're squared away with your personal life, your career life. You are ungovernable. And honestly, that's the that's what, you know, those people that want to force government on you are scared about. They're scared of people that are ungovernable, people that can yeah. take care of themselves, all these kind of things. They want to keep you fat, lazy, and stupid. Therefore, you can't even think for yourself. It's very true. So, yeah. You know, someone just asked me today something about why the Second Amendment is so important. And I said, because when you are independent, right? Like a lot of people feel they need to be protected. But when you don't feel like you need to be protected and you feel like you're independent, that is a superpower. That is a genuine superpower, you know, to, to have that kind of confidence that you feel confident you can take care of yourself on your own. And I, I do want, I'm, I'm going to kind of move us to the second half of the show here in a minute, but I do want to actually, I, I did not mean to get so heated about that, but it just, it really just burns me up. What's funny is like, it's like. It's not even my state. It's not even our state. And we, we were just talking like we have now, have to, we, we now have to freaking do a background check for ammunition. At what point am I not going to be able to buy 400 rounds of, of shotgun shells because I'm doing a charity sporting foot event? <laughs> you know what all, I mean? Sporting all, clay the, event. all these politicians are doing is taking people who are basically kind, decent human beings, law abiding people who just want to like keep to themselves and they're basically, you say it all the time, they're making them law-abiding criminals. That's it all drives doing. people out of the state is what it does. You know what yeah. it does to people that I have talked to who are in our community, in the gun, gun gun shooting community? I'll just drive to another state. Right. I don't care if it costs me more money. Yep. I just will drive to another state. Yep. Just drive to a state that's friendly and will let me buy the ammunition without logging in what caliber, what quantity, how much. Yep. What lot number? Oh, like, well, well, one more, one quick thing on that. You know, living out here in Utah, I've worked at um, a gun store here in Utah. Yeah. California has done a really good job of restricting their citizens with, I mean, okay, not a really good job. I don't. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> obviously, I don't, I don't, obviously, I don't think it's a good job, but they would say they've done a good job because, you know, you say you go to do a different state, that's all fine and dandy, but. California citizens can't come over to Utah and buy their firearms. They've made it where if you are a California resident, like we can't sell to them. Really? That makes yeah. I me, mean, we couldn't in New York, yeah. right? You can't go to PA and buy a gun. Yeah, you can. One, not a pistol. Not a pistol. Oh, but a, but a shotgun but a, rifle. Or a semi-automatic rifle. You need a permit in New York to buy a semi-automatic rifle right now. Yeah. I don't need that in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's true. I don't need that in New Hampshire. Just a background check, right? Yeah, so background check. That, that's... That's where I think a lot of that's going to end up going, where it's like, oh, yeah, you can just cross the border. Well, they're, they've already got those laws from certain states that work because no gun store is going to sell to them because it's against the law. They don't want to have their business. What is the law? In, so what's the law in Utah that prohibits Utah dealers from selling to Californians? Um, I, don't, I don't know verbatim the law. But just working at the gun store, it would be like, oh, somebody would be checking stuff out. And then. And it okay, makes sense. Cool, yeah. And it makes sense, Devin, because their- when you 
uh, excuse me, when you go to do your NICS check, you have to put in your address and everything, right? Is that exactly. correct? Exactly. Right? So they would know, you, you'd have to show that you're from California. It's not like you could just be like, oh, I'm Joe Schmo down the road. Like they would know you're from California. So that's how they would- Yep, and your driver's that. license. Right, correct. Yeah. So yep. that, there you go. That's how they would stop it. All right, so I'm gonna move us on, but before I do, I wanna briefly talk about on-site firearms training. We talked about them earlier. That entire crew over oh, there well, is an- I, I, found, I found it, if you care. It's California Penal Law 28050. You're killing me. You're killing me. I'm in the middle of an ad read. It's okay, Keith. You can't buy a gun. As a California resident, you cannot buy a gun outside of California and then come back to the state. So it's a law from California. It's a law for California residents. Okay. Sorry. Can I, can I do an actual ad read? Now you can. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. You're, yeah. you're welcome to do your ad read. So now. we're, we're, we're talking about our friends over at onsite firearms training. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Those, <laughs> those, those guys are, they are really a great group of people and they generally do care about helping students become better shooters. That's, I mean, we say it all the time, but it, it really is exactly what we say. And they have an extensive course offering. They offer all kinds of classes. They teach classes all throughout the country, pretty much all the East coast, all the way down to Texas. And whether it's pistol, shotgun, even their tactical lever action class, you're definitely going to find something that meets your needs. So check them out at OFTLLC.us. The next time you sign up for a course, I'm going to tell Ben that you fucked up the ad read. Done. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you know what? Don't make since, me do Dirty 30 like four times. Since since you're being a total dick tonight. Okay. Take me to fucking collecting data. To, to, dick, to Dickville? <laughs> <laughs> so uh nissan and kia we we've talked about this a few times on the show recently too and it just keeps getting worse it just keeps getting worse you hate this i hate it car companies are collecting your data folks if you have a new car and you are linked up to like some sort of like the apple carplay the google play whatever the heck the google one is called or you have voice control or a Tesla, you know, or any of the major manufacturers, but they're all collecting data on you. Uh, Toyota is pretty bad. Other ones like we've talked about in the past on the show. But now Nissan and Kia can collect data on drivers' sexual activity and sexual lives. So this is crazy to me. Can I read this quote? Yes. So – it says Nissan's privacy policy is probably the most mind-boggling, creepy, scary, sad, messed-up privacy policy we've ever, ever read. Yep. And it says, "Here's why: they come right out and say that they collect, they can collect and share your sexual activity, health diagnosis data, and genetic information and other sensitive personal information for targeted marketing purposes." That is just weird. So somebody out there right now is hearing us talk about this and saying, "How can a car do that?" Let me explain. Please do, because I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. Do you not link your phone up to your car when you get in it? Uh, I do listen to podcasts through my phone, so yeah. sure. So in a Nissan or a Kia, once you I say- a, I have a Ford. I know you do. But in a Nissan or a Kia, once you say yes to that link, you are saying yes to them allowing to go into your phone and get whatever data is on there. Okay. So if you have search- history that so, indicates your sexual preferences okay or apps or whatever that indicate these things so if you're on tinder and you're swiping right on a bunch i, I don't want to go here but if you're I, yeah I, I don't even know how tinder works i'm, I'm a whatever you're swiping right on whatever yeah they can see it they can right see it. if 
you uh, you have your calendar and you're going to jujitsu class at 5 p.m. They got it. Right. And they know we sweater, we roll around with sweaty guys and that could indicate that some, 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 weird, some weird, weird thing for yeah. jujitsu for yeah. especially, yeah. you know? So, uh, all of those things are things that indicate, you know, that, that, that that's how they're getting this. Information. Does that solidify your stance on driving old cars? 100%. I actually, 100%. I actually want to buy an old car for now. Yeah. Of course. Devin, do you have a, do you have a car with all the latest gadgets in it? He's a no, Jeep. So Jeep are you a Jeep guy? 20- I'm not a Jeep guy. I don't drive a piece of shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Shots fired. What do you drive? Uh, no, no, I'm not even a car guy at all. I really don't care. What, what, what um, do you I drive? drive a 2016 Silverado, so nothing special. That's Just old the, enough to not have to worry about this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people that are really focusing on protecting their data, and I think it's an extremely smart thing to do, right? I've been overseas doing some cool guy stuff where we are not myself but some people we're working for are straight up hacking into people's information now they're doing it for what we would consider is the better right they're doing it for a good reason now the capability is there so if somebody wants your information they can get it from you especially with all the ways we're giving up our information these days right so I would say if, you know, whatever it is, a vehicle choice or all these different things, probably try to protect our information as much as possible because it's the data is money. So the more data they can get, the more money they can make. I want to read you the Toyota. So this this is in every brand new Toyota. But can I stop you for one second? Please? Yeah, okay. So I'm reading this article you sent me and it's very confusing to me because there's <clears throat> all these like quotes and it's like, like they're saying like to clarify. Kia does not and has never collected sex life or sexual orientation information for vehicles or consumers in the context of providing the Kia connector. So like they're saying that they're not doing it. But their disclosure says they can. They can. So they're saying they're not, but they can. Is that what I'm, is that? That, Yeah. I mean, I think, I think all they're saying at this point is like, we're like, we have the capability, but we're not using it. That's what they're saying. But so, that, but what, what? Who knows when that changes? When that changes, right? And, and so here's the thing. And I, and as I was reading this, and, and where do you opt out? You don't. Here's where you don't buy that car. And here's the other part. Okay, Mike, you bought the car. You agreed to whatever. You can opt out. You agreed to it. You drive the car for sixty, seventy-five thousand miles, and then you sell it to the next person. I never agreed to that. I never signed anything. The thing that gets me with this whole data collecting and it's kind of Devin what you were saying is we talked about New Mexico we talked about the governor trying to protect people where's the protection on this right like they'll, they'll, Europe they'll, Europe has very strong laws on this they'll they will restrict your constitutional hold on, hold on, laws can I can I butt in yeah, yeah of course um Europe has really strict Europe has really strict laws on this Europe has the ability to they have stronger privacy laws in terms of this type of media or this type of data collection way better than the United States. I heard something today that was horribly scary that I don't even remember where I heard it, but they were saying how in China, right? China, the the way in which they have like basically a totalitarian government that can do whatever they want, that the U.S. is basically, if you look at some of the trends in terms of like social scores and data collection, that 
the U.S. government is actually trying to like head in that direction a little bit. And so like the U.S. is is heading in that direction in terms of like having more control. And that just scares me because when you think like, oh, that'll never happen in the U.S. But then you look at this kind of stuff and you're like, man, like they're they're collecting our data. They're keeping tabs on how much ammunition we buy. Like it is a horrifying thought that our government, like we're, the, we're supposed to be the freest nation in, in the world and our government is not protecting us from these things like you're saying Europe is. Yeah, well, just so, you know, if there's other people like Devin that, that you know, were, were shocked when I said that, um, you know, the it, it's called the General Data Protection Regulation is what it's called in Europe. And they are the toughest privacy and security laws in the world. They have fines that can go as high as tens of millions of euros. And anyone who collects this data has to give people an op. I, I, I'm, I'm summarizing here, but they have to give people the ability to opt out of those things. Okay. And that's what does not happen here. Right. So I wanted to read Toyota. So you buy a new Toyota. If you look, if you're driving a Toyota right now, that's a 2022 model or newer. If you look up on the overhead compartment where like your dome lights are or, you know, like the reading lights are, there's going to there was a little sticker unless your dealer took it off. There was a sticker. And I have seen this on a family member's car that I looked at it after we started talking about this a few months back. And this is what it says. Vehicle data transmission is on explanation point. Your vehicle wirelessly transmits location driving and vehicle health, data to deliver your services and internal research and data analysts. See Toyota.com privacy for that. To disable, it does say to press the SOS button. I don't know what that would be like, um, but it's supposed to be removed by the owner only. And I mean, they're telling you the minute you walk into a car. I mean, that's that's crazy. I just, I want to know what happens to the next guy that buys your car and, or girl that buys your car. You know, yeah. the use the, the next user didn't agree to that. Yeah, I, I mean that's wild. That's wild. The one the one article that I have here that is um uh I, I would say is more on the positive side in some capacities, although I think Keith's gonna have some negatives to it, but but I do think that there is uh some positive here and, and I'll talk about what I think is positive, and that is that Lithium deposits have been found in the U.S. that may be among the world's largest. Hallelujah. And, and I, I'm really curious to hear what you think about this, but I, I, let me just lay it out here. So a deposit of lithium recently was discovered along the Nevada-Oregon border, and it could be among the world's largest and having huge impacts, according to this article, on obviously the transition to electric vehicles. So they're saying that this would dwarf the deposits that are in Chile and Australia and some of these really big mines that they have. We know that there is a major, major need for this lithium as we set these high goals for more and more electric cars and as electric cars become more in demand. And it has certainly created a very, very tense situation with China, right? Because China... They're, they're constantly looking to to go into areas where there was more lithium and, and kind of get their stronghold. So they probably have, already own the property. If Maybe. But so if we have this right in our country, uh, this could be... We won't, we won't tap into it. Well, you're going to laugh. You're really going to laugh at this. When it comes to mining for coal in West Virginia, the Democrats will say, like, we have to shut that down. 
right? Because it's really environmentally damaging. But on this front, watch how the Democrats jump all over mining. <laughs> and and for the record, guys, this is not good for the environment. That type of mining, um, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying don't do it. You know what I mean? Like if, if it, it, there, well, yeah, I mean, there's always a yeah. balance between environmental and economics. There's always a balance. We know that mining for coal and drilling for oil is not great for the environment. But if you need that to run your grid, then there has to be a balance that's struck. And so to think, I know this is where you're going to go with it, to think for a minute that we're going to go, oh, we're going to save the planet by yeah. running EV cars. That's exactly where I'm going. With. Right? If you're going to save the planet by running EV cars, well, not if you're using cats to that are run on diesel to dig in mines to to get the lithium. Cats, you mean like caterpillars? Caterpillars, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <that's, laughs> I thought you meant like little kitty cats. Like. Yeah, meow. <laughs> no, not, not meows. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, cats mining for lithium. <laughs> no, I meant like backhoes and, and bulldozers and caterpillars. Yes. Sorry. All right, I mean, so they make komatsus too. They, they, just... they do. They do. But I, I was trying to stick with American. Um, Devin, are you still with us? We might have lost Devin. We All might right. have lost Devin. Okay, well, we're going to keep going. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I, I said it before on the same topic, and I'm going to say it again. Uh, and, and I need you, Bill Nye, the science guy over there, to freaking... I because I, I can still not understand what is the difference between mining for dead dinosaurs and mining for lithium. Like I don't get it. Like there's only a defiant a defined amount of lithium in the world. There's only a defined amount of dead dinosaurs in the world. So, so like so so. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. So let me just clarify for a couple of things. For first off, for the listener. I think maybe Keith and I have had too much to drink tonight. I don't know what's going on. We're, no, we're, we're losing. I, I need another drink. Actually, can you okay. pour me one? I, I'm going to give you the bottle. <laughs> All right, and give me some ice too, please. Here you go. So when you say dead dinosaurs, you're talking about fossil fuels. Yeah, that, dead that, dinosaurs. Yeah, I know, but that's. I just want to clarify. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's dead dinosaurs. Are they so, not? Is fossil fuels not dead dinosaurs? Did I miss that in in, in Earth science? I just want to point out that that's what you were talking about. Yeah, and, and, am I correct? That is dead dinosaurs, right? Yes. Okay. Essentially. <laughs> So, um, my, my, my point in, in all of this is, uh, yes, you are correct. Mining is mining, right? So whether you are digging up lithium or you are digging up fossil fuels, you are using diesel run vehicles to do it. And there is a cost that comes to that, right? And so emissions. Yes. And I, I think it, I, the, the advantage here is I do think having it in our own country is better than having it in another country where well, it's at cheaper, least we, hopefully we have standards, right? Like we're not going to have like little Hazmat. kids. We're not going to have little kids in a mine, you know, OSHA. Devin, what do you think? So what do you think about this? Like is lithium deposits in the U S a good thing or a bad thing or neither? Yeah. So I, I don't have the vast knowledge of this kind of topic, but I have looked into it. Right. And then, yeah, you say, Oh, well, we're doing electric vehicles, but then the electric vehicles end up causing tons and tons, if not more, poli or political. Ha, I guess it is political. It's political, it is political um, for sure. And yeah, environmental waste. If I'm not mistaken, that is the result of it. 
correct? Just the general problem with mines, right? Like, I mean, you've seen pictures of like the diamond mines or like, you know, when a, when a county is strip mined of whatever mineral they're going for, like that in general is, I think, you know, one bad part. My, my argument has always been at some point, these batteries need to be recycled. And where do you put them? Do you, does, you know, does, is recycled lithium harmful for the environment to, to, to put back in? You know, like, so that's a, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. My answer to the whole thing would be better yourself and go to the gym. (laughs) Walk to wherever you got to go. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, of course we're not going to walk. But, you know, I've actually, this has kind of been my thing the last month. Now that we've gotten the gym going and I'm seeing these people better themselves every single day and they're not worrying about all these kind of things right because their physical body is actually doing the work it needs to do and it's letting them express themselves therefore they're not stressed about what joe biden does they're not like i don't give a shit about what's going on in new mexico with these dummies they're just mission focused on what they need to get done so that's just kind of what i'm saying is i don't really know much about it i know it's probably screwed up (laughs) just looking at who's backing it I'm at the end of the day. Can I do anything about it? Probably not. But I know that I can make myself the best asset to my community possible. And I can make sure my community is squared away. Right. Yeah. I know it kind of sucks. It's like, yeah, I can't affect policy going on in West Virginia and all that stuff. But maybe the West Virginians need to get off their ass and do something about it. I mean, that was just an example. right? Yeah. 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 We said the other day is you can only control what you can control, right? So at some point you have to exactly. just shut, shut down the interwebs a bit and just go, you know what? I'm going to focus on the things that I actually have control over. I know the one thing, I mean, you and I, Keith, we talked about this the other day, kind of probably, we probably shouldn't have talked about it because we should have <laughs> saved it for now, but I could go off on it again. Uh, the Second Amendment community has been really, really up in arms about this liberty safe debacle. Of course, I do think, you know, it's ridiculous. And it sucks that Liberty Safe, you know, gave up the information. That that's what it was, right? Um, yeah. January sixth. Yeah, they, they gave they, they gave the FBR backdoor access to one of its customers' gun safes. Wait, did, you, did you say federal, FBR? Did I? Maybe you said FBR. I, I had a couple drinks. Did you mean FBI? FBI. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> yeah, the federal I was law enforcement. That. <laughs> yeah, because the FBR, uh, the FBR again. There you go. The uh, FBI, uh, the enforcement agency demanded it. So they just gave backdoor access to one of their safes. Yeah. So the situation here was basically that FBR, the FBR, <laughs> the FBR where that's it. That's their new, that's you're like Joe Biden now. AFT. Yeah, I guess so. No. So the, the bottom Chocolate chip ice cream, the bottom line here is that, uh, they said, Hey, would you give us this information? And there was no subpoena, right? They were not, they were not legally required. The FBI did have a search warrant for the gentleman's house, Correct. But just because you have a search warrant, that means that they can have access to the house. They can have access to anything in the house. They could have easily hired a safe cracker. They could have easily got a a plasma cutter and cut open the safe themselves. But they said, hey, Liberty Safe, would you just give us the uh, manufacturer's override code? And Liberty Safe just said, sure. They And Liberty Safe, uh, the way I read their response, this is not unusual. This is not a one-off. They have done this before. They have. We're about to have a guest on from another safe company, Secure It. And I said, I'm curious, because they're about to come on the show. I'm curious about 
their stance on this and their, I'm going to call him CEO. I don't know if he's CEO or president, but uh, founder. Decision maker. Sure. The big guy. The, the big boss. Guy. The big cheese. Yes. Uh, he said that they don't keep any codes. They don't. That's the answer. Right. Like just, you know, like I understand the idea behind, oh my gosh, one of our customers might buy a safe and they might forget the combo and they might need help. So if we have it, we can help them. Like I get that point of view, but I would rather, and I think I'm not in the minority here. I, I don't think I am. I would, if I bought a safe and I lost the combo, I would call and I would ask for help. But if that manufacturer said to me, I'm sorry, we don't keep that information. You know, we don't you, want people. You'd move on. You'd, I'd be like, yeah, I kind of thought so, but I figured I'd try. Right. Right. I wouldn't be upset with the manufacturer for that. Right. I'd be upset with me. For fucking up. For fucking up and trying to find, yeah. lose the safe. Right. Yeah. And then I'd call a locksmith and then yeah. I'd figure it out from there. Yep. Yeah. Right. But just don't keep the data. And then when you're asked for it, you don't have it. Right. Well, or you can say, sorry, pound sand. I don't have it. I don't have it. Right. Right. No, no, uh, I'm saying, or keep it and go. I'm I not think that's it. big. I think that's worse because then you're taking a stand, right? Then you're like, well, you know, I'm trying to play, you know, I don't want to say devil's advocate. You're trying we, to give them an out. I'm, I'm trying to give them an out. Right. Yeah. That, that's a good way to say it. Don't keep the data and you don't have to give it up. Yeah, if you keep it and you refuse to give it up, then you could be subpoenaed and then you could be in a situation right. where you're, 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 uh, Liberty safe. You're not an FFL. You're not required to keep that information. So don't is what Keith is saying. Even FFLs, like all they have to keep is a 4473. They don't got to keep anything else. They right. just got to keep that. Right. And even that, after they clue out a business, you know, like, I don't know, like, I don't know the rule. I'm not going to, well, I'm not going to yeah, say, well, I don't know. There's yeah, but gotcha. there are, there are rules. And as long as they follow them, they're fine. Correct. I mean, the other part of this is, uh, and man, this was like, it kind of irritated me. So after this whole debacle happened, thank God I don't have a Liberty safe is what I said. I don't. <laughs> What's funny is I bought like, someone was like, you know what the, the best thing you should do is Call buy a Chinese safe because they ain't saving shit. Yeah, <laughs> damn straight. <laughs> yeah, they're not giving anything to the FBI. And the only other thing that I'm not sure based on the article, I'm very curious. And a lot of articles, I read a lot of different articles. I'm a big analog guy. Yeah. I like to spin my dial. You and I had this conversation. We had this conversation. We can have it again. So I, I'm not against that. But the only thing I will say is this: you can change an now, analog combo easy. The only thing I will say is this. When you talk to people who are, and there are people in, in, in the gun world, and, and Devin, you might be, this might be something you have experienced. A lot of guys, they have kids, they have wives, they have, you know, whatever, children around. And they'll say like, I, I don't want to lock my gun up because if I need it, I got to get to it quick. I got to get to it quick. Yep. And for years and years and years, yep. the answer to that has been, the technology is there where you can get in with a boop, 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 boop code so quick that it's okay. The only reason we're even having this conversation is because they fucked up. 99.9% of the time, a digital code is fine. It's just that they gave this code out that it's a problem. Well, I don't think that, in other words, I have a safe upstairs that is a digital I have, I'm under no illusion that if someone wanted to get a, a, a cutting wheel or whatever tools they need, they given enough time, they will get in. And the same with an analog. Correct. It's not about that. It's the fact that they gave this code up because 
an analog can be broken, a digital can be broken. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like, that part I, is I, not- I don't, I don't want to put the narrative out there that digital is bad because I don't think that it is. No, but I think I uh, the narrative that I'm trying to that I'm trying to make on it is regardless of liberty safe giving out your code, digital is easier to hack than an analog. If you're trying to get into it is without it? cutting it, is it? Yeah, oh, I I think that's I think could that's, you uh, you upstairs? I trying. couldn't, but I think there are people that can much easier than than I. Mean, I, I don't can. think masterminds are coming for your you know. I don't your, know locks. I mean, I have collection. a I have a very. Fair amount of experience with locksmiths over my lifetime, right? Um, and they have always told me that digital are way easier to get. But into you're than balancing analog. quick. You're you're losing speed. Well, th- this. Well, let's go into the conversation that we had on this. You know, off the air, and that was for me. The firearms that I keep in analog safes are not the yep. firearms I choose for home defense. But the op- the other option is you're going to go with, I know you're going to go with this, you're going to go with uh, like um, hidden furniture. That's one, one that's option. one option. But there's not you many. Know, there's not many. Well, you know, I, I mean, if you I mean, choose you want a to, digital you finger- want You want to talk about breaking in easily. Anybody could break into a hidden furniture if they know it's there. Yeah, sure. But, right. I, and I-, I Again, De- I, Devin, how do you feel? I I, I want to hear your. I'm curious what we think. Do you feel like digital safes are not safe enough? Yeah, I don't have a safe. Good for you. Now, I'm I'm I might get one. Um, I've got tons of buddies that have safes and have kids and all that. I've actually got some. Because uh, you're about to have some, a little one, so I feel like a safe might be in your future. Yeah, a safe might be in our future. I've actually got a couple of buddies who are. What about just a really safe really room? high speed? Yeah, right. I've got a couple of buddies who are pretty significant in the tactical space. And what they do is, yes, they have a safe because they've probably got ridiculous amount of guns. Yeah. I just keep things very, very minimal. Okay. Just I use what I use, and that's about it. And I may have some backup parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they're, they do is they still have their stuff out, a little bit of it. And they start when they started when their kids are extremely young educating them yes. yeah. on proper firearm handling with obviously no magazine or ammunition. Mike and I believe in that. And we do that with our, our kids. But as well. we do keep them locked up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I personally, this is my personal opinion and anyone listening, you know, I, I think if you have children, I personally think you need to have a gun secured away. I, I just don't think, you know, your, your kids might be good, but they're going to bring friends over. Yeah. I just, I personally don't yeah, think I mean, In our neighborhood, there's kids coming in and out of our houses all yeah, the time. Like I, I a, can't have a neighborhood guns. full of kids. I, I can't have guns just floating around. There's yeah. no way it could happen. But no, I agree. I think. The problem that we have here is that they gave up the code. That's, yeah, that, that's the like, real, that's, that's the, the real problem. problem. And they didn't have to. Yeah, but we, sorry, Devin, go ahead. Is, any, is anybody truly surprised? I mean, come on. Yeah, I I really am surprised because and that thank oh, you wow. for for saying that because the reason that I'm surprised is the things that I've read and and I've watched a few videos from some lawyers on this as well on YouTube and the things that I've seen and read about this is that it's highly I have not let me give this disclosure I've not read the subpoena I have not read the warrant but well there wasn't a subpoena a, a warrant right yep the what I have seen and read is that it's highly unlikely that the warrant for this person's house was written in a way that required Liberty Safe to give it up, even if they had it. Right. 
I said there was something that was frustrating. Let me get back to that. Right after it happened, so they got beat up. I mean, people were making jokes. Bud I mean, Light jokes. Oh, my God. I mean, they got lit up. And right after they got lit up, the very next day, they were like, oh, we support everybody. We support people's you know, right to, to make their own decisions. And our new policy is if you have a Liberty Safe and you don't want us to keep your number we will delete it from our, we will delete our backup manufacturer's backup code from our database. I'm sorry. That's a great policy, but two it's a little do, too. Would you say a dollar, dollar, late in, dollar late and a day short? Whatever that, whatever that saying is, that's what it is, right? Uh, that is just. A dollar short and a day late. Sorry. There you go. I had way too many <laughs> bourbons to even spit that out. But yeah, that is, I'm sorry, but that is way, way too late for that and now i have to call you and tell you i don't want it shared i mean whatever and and listen then it came out that they were bought out by a company who donated to the to obama yeah, and democrat i mean i'm sorry liberty safe if you're a gun owner and you own a liberty safe follow their new policy get that that get that code deleted and get rid of it but if you're a owner gun owner today who is looking for a safe and you buy a liberty safe shame on you you should not give them a freaking penny of your hard-earned money and i hope that they go out of business you know i hope that they lose their entire company <laughs> over this hey fellas so i and i'm gonna have to end up cutting this a little bit short you're, i gotta get home you're good to man. the wife because we got the uh we got our fitness classes at 5 30 in the morning which is i love okay. those i teach those so i bring the heat to awesome. you right at the beginning of the day awesome i thank but, you so much for being on with us well, thank you for joining us you made it you made it almost to the end anyway so you're good to go yeah man. oh nice awesome. all, I, all i was gonna i was just gonna close with you know all this stuff the liberty safe stuff and all these other topics we went over all of it really comes down to no one is gonna come save you right you know greg anderson right. has that t-shirt no one's coming to save you that yep. we sell at the uh at the field craft shop here in Provo. And it's so true. I can't depend on Liberty safe or the state of New Mexico or anybody to protect myself, my rights, my family, anything. It's all on us. So be the fittest you could be, be the most tactical you could be, be the most financial stable you can be, be an asset to your community. And then these things will affect you less and less and less. And eventually you'll just stop worrying about it because you're focusing on your immediate solar system instead of, you know, the entire universe. So that's my closing message. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much for being with us. And, uh, you know, and I'm glad you're home safe and uh, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Um, New York 2024. Sounds sure. good, man. We'll make it happen. <laughs> All right, dudes. Thanks so much. See you later. Awesome, Thanks, brother. David. Thank you. Let's They're talk dying. about this crazy guy from Virginia, Virginia State. So this is wild. So all right. So if you guys, were, <laughs> I just it gives gun owners such a bad name. Uh, this this lady is driving down I sixty four and on a Sunday morning. Yep, 
And I don't going to church probably. I don't know what possessed this human being to be such a total douchebag. Well, it was it was on the on ramp. They they had a they had a uh, road rage uh, on amp incident. A little a little merging incident. A little merging incident. Yeah. And this dude in a Camaro. Scroll up to this guy's picture, please. So the lady takes a. Vi- I mean, good for her, man. She was really. I, I can't believe she was doing all this. She said she had a tough time taking the picture. Yeah, right. a guy was pointing a gun at her while driving. And she took a video. There's actually a video of this, guys. You can go find she it. Didn't, she went to the police, but didn't have a picture of the license plate. Yeah. But they found him. Through social media. The yeah. power of social media. There you go. And as he's passing her, he just points his gun out the window at her. Why? Brandishing, right? Like, that's yeah. what he got hit for. And No, I mean, well, more than that. But go ahead, keep going. I'll find Brand, Brandishing is the big one, but there's a couple others. Like, you're that upset about losing five minutes? Yeah. Two minutes? Like, you're driving a Camaro, dude. Make the time up. So the other day, my, my, my family went on vacation. <clears throat> we were, we, a, a very nice vacation. We went to the Finger Lakes. And I was driving around. And, you know, I'm not in an area did I know. Did you get some wine? I did. Yeah. I was driving around. I didn't know where I was at. I was trying to find, like, this one place that we were what, looking What lake for. did you go to? Seneca. Yeah, good lake. Yeah. And as I'm driving around, I'm kind of like, you know, like you're, you're like, I'm slow. a fan of Cayuga, but can I, can I finish my story? <laughs> Sorry. I'm not giving you any more alcohol. You're, you're a, a, a cut. So I'm driving around, I'm driving slow. Cause I'm looking for a turn, whatever. And this car behind me lays on their horn. And I don't know what came, I, I had the windows down, by the way. I don't know what came over me, but I shot my arm out the window. You gave him, you gave him the old and number I was one. Like, and my wife was like, hun, the kids are in the backseat. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, it was just such an irritating like moment for me. But my point of this is never would I think to pull out a Listen, gun. Listen. Never would I think to pull out a gun. Never would we pull think to pull out a gun. But the reality of the situation is everyone, we are all wound too fucking tight. We got to take a breath. We got to calm down. You know, we're all wound so tight. Every one of us. And this goes back to what we were saying earlier, you know, like the the social media, the mainstream media, all of it, the all government. It. It's like they're just they're, they're putting just, us against each other. They're building a powder keg, right? They're just like amping us up and amping us up and amping us up. And like and where I, did this guy need to be at ten forty five on a Sunday morning? I mean, he's fifty. And here is the other part: the guy's fifty eight years old. Like you're almost sixty years old. Like yeah. you haven't learned throughout your life that what did he think pointing that gun out that window was going to do for him? Fix the problem that he had in the merge? I mean, I think listen, the the one thing I will say is this and and we can close out on this if you want. It's it's what we talk about with the whole situation in New Mexico. It's what we talk about with the situation with the police and the boy taking a taking a leak on the car. At some point don't we have to look at the fact that maybe, and it, and it can be a cop, it could be a guy in a Camaro, it could be, do we have mental health issues? I don't know that the cop who arrested that 10-year-old boy I'm not, I'm or not the saying, guy that pointed the gun, you know, at this woman out of the Camaro. Like, I'm not saying that they're mentally unstable. I just think that we're just wound so tight on each other. Like we're just, we're just, you know, and, and I certainly think social media and, and, and the, the access that we have to that type of place, you know, these keyboard warriors and, and all that is a, is a contributing factor. You know, we're just, I don't know. We're just like, 
We're just wound tight. That's that's the only that's the only term I can I can keep coming back to. We just wound tight, and to some extent, people are losing their ability con- to control to rationalize to, to control their own emotion. We you hear it all the time. You hear it in news articles. You hear it on on social media. You hear it. Not that I'm on, but you know you hear it, and I I hear it and see it everywhere I turn. We are just. But our, but we're, we're just a diverse society right now. We're just so we're so diverse driven, you know. I just I, and I'm I'm gonna throw myself under the bus. I just think we're hypocritical. Yeah. I just think we're all yeah. fucking hypocritical about everything. You know what I mean? Like we all say shit and hypersensitive. Like, I I think hypocritical. I think we all fucking say shit. We say like okay, you and I will say like, you know, second amendments for everybody. And like, we fucking believe, but then like, we'll fucking bitch about fucking, we were talking about Hunter Biden an hour ago. (laughs) No, I'm being serious though. You know what I mean? Like, like if we really truly believe that like, you should be able to fucking go smoke crack, but that if you're fucking a a good human being, you should be able to have a gun as well. Well, then that means he's not a good human being. He's not. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I agree with that. I do agree with that, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be able to have, have a firearm, a <laughs> right? Exactly. That's my point. That was more my point. Can I end on that? You may end on that. All right, good. All right, so I think that'll do it for this episode. I, we rambled a whole bunch, but I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning that. in and maybe staying to this point of the show. And if you did, God bless you. Thank you, Devin, for coming on. I yeah. know you're not with us right now, but I know you're listening. Yeah, really, Devin. Thank you for hanging out with us and chopping it up. And be sure to head over to Tactical Cowboy Training Solutions to check out all of his kick-ass stuff. And, and don't forget to go to Target Sports Ammo Plus membership. Get some Ammo Plus day today. Thank you very much, Keith. And if anyone out there has any opinions or thoughts on tonight's conversation, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, Discord, the only place you'll find Big Keith, or Spotify and let your voice be heard.